Okay, everybody. Hey, we're here with Delilah Wilson Scott, who's the president of Comcast NBC Universal Foundation. Delilah, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're here live at CES, and I'm of course here with my good friend and co-host Jeff Barrett. Hey. Yeah, it's been uh, 12 days since I skipped leg day, so um, all this sitting is wonderful because walking is a little creaky. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So, Delilah, we're we're talking a lot at Adobe right now about the value of experiences. Uh, one of our businesses focuses almost exclusively on how do you become an experience-driven business. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? Sure, I'll talk about it um, from a personal standpoint, and sort of how do I think about it at work. When you're growing up, you know, sometimes you don't realize how all of your experiences shape you. And I never thought about this uh, until I was an adult. But my parents met in the Vietnam War. So my dad's African-American. My mom's Vietnamese. She didn't speak any language, any English whatsoever. They fell in love, came together. They were here in the U.S. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. We moved to Arizona, then Texas, and lived in New York for most of my life. Um, As I was going through those experiences, while I knew there were things that were different or unique about my family, I'm not sure that I realized how flexible and adaptable it made me to change and how it just really sharpened how I observed people. Um, And so I always kind of think about that in everything I do. Like, what is it about the diversity of my experiences that shape how I look at the world and how, how am I more... Um, easily thinking about how someone else is experiencing a situation because there's so many different situations I've been in. So uh, that's how I think about it from a personal standpoint. In terms of my work in heading up community impact for Comcast NBC Universal, I mean, our brand is a bad experience, right? We're thinking about bringing that uh, that great content to you. And, you know, TV used to be so kind of two-sided and flat. But when you think today about how we tell the story of the Olympics or how we think about social impact. It's usually about your connection to an experience, a feeling, an issue, a cause, less so about you know something that's more academic in nature. So when we talk about our work, we always want to bring that element. We want to make sure it's backed in data and science and we're thoughtful about the approach. But at the end of the day, who are we am- impacting and what's our objective there? I think that's really important to think about. How, how do, so from the NBC Universal standpoint, Comcast standpoint, how does the changing landscape of content in the next two or three years, digital, how does that create, in a positive way, how does that create more opportunities to create experience? Um, well, it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, NBCU thinks about it in one way and sure. Comcast thinks about it in one way, even though we're all sort of one company. I mean, it's our CEO's grand vision to bring together great content and distribution, but Given the way that people are changing the way they consume content, first of all, it's interesting that people are consuming more content and there's more opportunities to do that. I mean, when you think of driverless cars, um, automation allows you to view content in a number of different ways and experiences that you've never had before. So I think more content, people still trying to figure out, you know, AR and VR and how valuable is that and how much people want that. Um, But we all know that things like live sports and uh, news are two of the things people experience live, but most of the other content, we know people want to view it where they need to. So whether that's through this device, whether they're in their home or not, and we have to be ahead of that curve. So constantly thinking about the technology that we're delivering. And while we've been in the cable business for a long time, we're not banking on that being the only way people will 
consume content. So we're partnering with OTT providers. We're making sure our content and everybody else's content is available where you want it, how you want it, and creating that experience that still makes that a valuable uh, business for us, but also a valuable experience at the end of the day that keeps people coming back. Interesting. So Delilah, we hear a lot today about this idea of tech for good. Um, what does that mean from a Comcast NBC Universal standpoint? Sure. I mean, it's it's core to who we are. Our technology is one of our greatest assets, right? It's how we think about reaching our people, but also how we're constantly innovating on, on who we are. Um, so for us, it's a couple different things. When it comes to our products, one of the most innovative things we've produced on the cable side has been our voice remote. So it's a co- so my kids love it. You know, we mm-hmm. just moved from a non-Comcast market to uh, a Comcast market. I'm now in Philadelphia and the way these kids interact with this remote it is crazy right like you know give me you know tween programming or of course that's not what they would ask for that's more what I would ask for <laughs> right, but right. you know Netflix kids or any sort of amazing content that they've ever seen before um, but it just creates a whole different experience right because then you start asking crazy questions of the remote well no kid wants to type in Riverdale they no, just want to say no. Riverdale and, and kids it, these days oh, can't no. even spell it well so unfortunately <laughs> it's true it's true they can say it really They're so yeah. like, is it going to complete my sentence? Um, but that just creates a whole new way for different people to engage, right, than ever before. And I'm so excited that so many of our product teams think about something like the voice remote and say, okay, what can this do for someone who... Um, you know, is it has a disability or isn't able to interact with the TV in the traditional way that we think of the remote. Uh, and I think that's an incredibly powerful thing. We also use voice description, description in some of our technology and it allows someone um, to really, if they cannot see or somehow are visually impaired, to understand what's happening beyond what they're hearing, right? We forget how much of that experience is such a 3D experience at the end of the day. Um, so that's one way we do it from a business standpoint. From a social impact place, um, our commitment to closing the digital divide has been where we've been most active for the past five years. Uh, And that's in creating a low-cost, high-speed product, uh, which also includes access to Wi-Fi, because we know that internet in the home makes a huge difference. I mean, 50% of the kids in the country aren't turning in homework assignments because they don't have internet at home. Not because they're not capable, not because, you know, uh, uh, for no other reason. Uh, And that's just, I mean, it's surprising and it's unacceptable and and we definitely want to make sure that we're doing everything we can in that space. Talk to me a little bit Delilah, when you think of good experiences as a consumer, uh, so as an executive, as a mother, as as a consumer, whatever all your hobbies are that you do, what do you look for? What are the brands you're really you're attracted to because of that experience? Sure. I mean, um, I will say a lot of that changed uh, as a mom, and uh, for any number of reasons. So one, you're just looking for straight simplicity, right? Three kids, twelve, nine, and six. Um, everything they do, according to them, is more important than anything I might be doing at that time, right? <laughs> so it's like I need this, I want this. There's this kind of immediacy thing. So anything that simplifies my life, just a tad, right? Being able to speak to the voice remote and say, you know, record XYZ programming so we can have it on demand is a huge, you know, uh, a huge asset to me. Uh, so simplicity and convenience at this stage of my life is is more so uh, important. But I think hearing brands talk about their purpose 
Um, that just always has interested me for a long time. It's just curious how brands come to be and how we start relying on brands to be something to us. And it's, you know, that whole process and what their purpose is, their true purpose, um, it's always just, you know, been of interest and those are the types of things I like to experience as well. Yeah, do you think the value uh, of that is even deeper than for millennials and Gen Z? I do, although, you know, it's interesting. I think it's much more um, common vernacular for them to talk about, I want to be attracted to a brand that has purpose and it'll come up in recruitment. But I will say there, there are definitely trends in the millennial and Gen Z population that don't necessarily sync up with that. Um, so and there's I, like three different kinds of millennials too. Exactly. Like I, like get, put, I get put in one bucket, there's another <laughs> bucket. I'm the non-avocado toast bucket. <laughs> So it's it's very hard to explain. I'm sorry. What's your bucket? Just curious. I am I I am the I played video games, but I understand uh, Twitch and I still use Twitch. Um, but I so I'll, I'll watch people play video games, but I'd rather play them. And I don't necessarily eat all the avocado toast, but I have murdered a TGI Apple Chili's. Okay. That, so, that so whole you're, kind you're of breakdown. Almost good. Yeah. Like I I I will take the blame for sinking Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Singularly? Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just, no, no, no. But you talked about, you talked about, no, not singularly. Don't, Delilah, don't give me that much credit. But what I'm saying, he'll take it. I will take it. I will take it. it. I will take it. it. But, uh, but you know, I, I come from a, I think I'm, I'm just big into Uber Eats. I'm mm-hmm. into Postmates. I'm into things that just give me stuff. If, like, no, right, I'm, when you want it, how you, you want it, it. You could, and, and also that totally level, right? removing that inconvenience factor, you yeah. know, being able to sign up for reservations at a restaurant without having to wait in line, um, having delivery all paid and cleared, right? So when, you know, I'm ordering pizza for the fam, I know I get there, it can be delivered. I don't even have to be home for that. So I, I definitely think there's that immediacy there. I'm not a millennial, but I definitely value that simplicity and experience and convenience. Things um, that just make sense. Totally. Right, and tech can kind of deliver on that. Absolutely, and yeah. I think that is has value regardless of what generation uh, you come from. I mean, there's been so much research about millennials and what they do and don't do, uh, but I do think people have to focus on that age and when any of us was that age, right? I'm not a millennial, but I can say when I was that age, there's lots of things I had in common that are, that are about that part of your life, less so maybe about the whole millennial generation. And that's well said because a lot of people, a lot of people will characterize a certain generation as such, but it's almost every every generation goes through a life cycle based on kind of life point too, absolutely, right? So absolutely. if you before you get to kids, before you get to these things, you're going to have different preferences. You're good, you know. Whoever is in an age bucket that's you know 18 to 25 is going to be told, well, you probably don't want to go vote. You probably don't want to do this. You probably <laughs> exactly. don't want to do that. So there's always some that history repeats itself there. But totally, but you you make a good point. There. And I don't think it's solely that, but I think we just can't forget that, right? right. I mean, you know, at that age, like if I can think about like pagers were the big thing, right, for people to have when I was in the millennial segment. It was like really cool if you had a pager. Um, and now it's smartphones or something else. Maybe so. pagers will come back though. Maybe it'll no, be a I little retro so. thing. I don't think so. I think they're gone. I think they're gone. Yeah, I'm good yeah. with that. 
Well, like our kid, had, our, kid, our kid has one of those talkies, and it's just this little um, like stuffed unicorn, but you press a button, and then it can send you a message, and then it can send a message to your phone. So it's kind of like a, like six, a simplified. It's kind of like yeah. a six-year-old so pager. pager. have yeah. come back a in the form of Well, it's kind of like she'll be hanging out, and you can be she'll be in her room, and you can be downstairs, and you can be like, you better brush your teeth. And it's not me saying that. It's the unicorn saying that. <laughs> so I always, I, I always anticipate that I need to actually make a unicorn voice with that, whatever unicorn would sound like and so. like unicorn isn't it crazy how big unicorns are but unicorns have kind of always we want to believe in this crazy we way. just want to believe that's why <laughs> they're that big what it is? people want hope they want th- th- these are the three things that people is want. true people want hope they want stuff to just work and they don't want to have to go outside to get their food i think that's what we're learning the most. and that and that's life i mean that yeah. that should be the defining you know lesson of this series all right without you having without you yes please with uh, we can just Mark, you can just cut it off right now. <laughs> but without giving away um, a lot of secrets, and so you know this will this will probably be a response I'll expect. But anticipation of what is next to come and what things people you know utilizing Comcast and NBC Universal, your consumers, what are they going to want? Um, you know, without telling us what's in the works, where do you where do you see? So basically, just be super vague about what you anticipate <laughs> in the next eighteen months for people wanting to interact with you. I mean, you know, I'll say a couple things. I'm not sure that anybody really knows that, but I think what all of us in this space are doing is making bets and hedging. Right? Yep. There are lots of different businesses that we touch in Comcast, and if we if it's not part of our core brands, um, it's probably something we're investing in because we want to learn about it. <laughs> so if you decide you're going to be a cord cutter. I guarantee you we're in a business that will profit if that's the, the, the case. If you decide you want to be true to TV and that type of experience, we're going to invest in that space. So I think what we know is consumers want choice. We don't necessarily know where they're going to land. I think the one place where our, our CEO has been more visionary is thinking about um, creating that environment where uh, it really supports that notion of Internet of Things and the connected home. So we don't know what devices people want to have in their homes, but we know they want more. So why not be the platform for all of those products, services, and content as opposed to just own one of those individual pieces? So yeah. I do think there's something powerful about that. You know, when content was getting big and people realized there was sort of a uh, um, I won't say leveling of a playing field, but anyone could be a content creator. So let me start my my you know YouTube channel, podcast, etc. Um, oh, yeah. There was sort of a drive for for folks in that space. But I think what people realize is sort of you know that the ebbs and flows. What's going to be popular today? And there's a different way to monetize that. So we're sort of making that bet of we're always going to produce great content, but we want to we want to be that platform where everything lives on and connect all of those different types of content, types of devices. And we think that's a play um, that will, you know, sort of hopefully build on the success we've had to date. Yeah, that's important from a ex-viner and YouTuber. <laughs> D- Delilah, tell me, um, as, as we talk a little bit about this idea of tech for good, I mean, Comcast and NBC Universal is obviously one of the premier giant groups that, that is creating really cool technology and creating good experiences. What kind of a responsibility do you think companies like a Comcast or any number of, of Fortune 500 or 1,000 or whatever, what kind of responsibility do they have to, to, to be focused on this idea of tech for good? Um, so I think we're, we all have some accountability to that at the end of the day. Um, and 
I think there are a couple of different things. There are increased expectations across the board, whoever your stakeholders are, that companies have to be thinking about this. And I think what's different is before it was like, okay, they have a foundation, they're giving some grants, they've checked the box. Um, people are looking for how people do business, how they're making decisions, what their culture is like on top of the business they're actually in. And I think that's a different expectation that all companies haven't had to live up to. Um, you know, we talked about millennials. When you're out there recruiting, people ask that question, sort of what's what's your purpose? Because I want to be aligned to something where there's a bigger purpose than making money. Now, the purpose could be to create these, you know, cutting edge experiences with the content we have, but people want to know that there's uh, some real life passion meaning behind what you do beyond sort of the money you're making. Um, so I think that we're all accountable to do that. The other thing is, if we're thinking about the digital economy, innovation economy in particular, if we're not focused on how vulnerable populations are being served or not being served, or how people are contributing, what the future of work and talent looks like, then we all lose at the end of the day. So while there might not be the most direct connection, I think if we're all supportive of a better economy and there isn't a for-profit company that's not, you sort of have to think differently than about how you're deploying your resources. And that may change over your life cycle. It certainly changes when companies come under a lot of fire. I um, mean, we've seen some incredible CSR innovations out of that point, but I, I would hope it wouldn't take that. I would hope that all of us sort of sit back and say, um, if we're the largest broadband provider, then we're absolutely going to have a commitment to digital divide, no question about it. And I would hope that our stakeholders, shareholders, as well as broader advocates would be supportive of that. Well said. It, can it be as simple as uh, a correlation between that and retail, where for a long time we were content with you go into the big box store with the fluorescent lighting that's not that helpful, and then one day we just clicked and went, wait, that's not what we want. Right. Is it the same kind of thing being true with companies, where we want a little bit more from them rather than just the product? I think definitely, but I think there are a couple different things happening with something like that. I mean, there are things that where the experience wasn't valuable enough, unique enough, or meaningful enough mm -hmm. for you to stay with that experience. You just wanted the product. You weren't looking for that experience. But there's some shopping experiences where you're like, I love to go to that store. You know, when my kids got several Amazon cards for Christmas, um, but they still want to go into, to, you know, Toys R Us. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think there's a, if the value is not in that touch, that high touch experience, and I think retailers have to think differently about what that means, um, then yes, people are just, just give me the product. Fastest, simplest, most cost-effective way. But if there really is something unique and different about that, I think you know. I, I think people might. Um, it won't be all industries, but I do think there are some products that have the ability to maintain your interest at that level from an offline perspective, but that have a, a tech feel to it. Yeah. Um, whether it's you know my body is being scanned to make sure you know these genes fit, whatever it is, I do think that you know retailers have to figure out how to constantly innovate on what that means to have that experience offline. If they can duplicate the experience of me falling asleep in a pottery <laughs> barn, but actually at home, I'm in. <laughs> Delilah, as we wrap Once up again. <laughs> Once again. Another right. just, you know, mic drop moment for the show. So. It's the only reason I'm here. I mean, there's probably other reasons, but it's just fun to kind of break the ice. I'm Continuously <laughs> until we just fall deeper and deeper, deeper into, into the hole. water. Yeah. I know, yeah. I'm just gonna hang out with you guys all day. You should. We're, We're just, kind of fun, yeah. huh? <laughs>
Yeah, we're having fun. So, Delilah. I'd pay for this experience. I, I'm in. See, this yeah. is an experience. I'm okay. Amazon. Did, right. did everyone hear that? Okay, just for everyone out there. Okay, interested. Delilah would pay. She'd yeah. pay. For this experience. I may be alone, and you might. <laughs> no, be, no, no, You no, might no. be in the 99 cent app category, but I would. I would totally pay something. I mean, it's something. Is it, it's hey. like we had this ringing endorsement from you, Delilah, that we could have made. Did I just take it? Did I take it? I'm sorry. Well, now our seven-figure idea is now a six. <laughs> Six well, dollar idea, hey, but yes, it's before fine. Before and fine. after the decimal, it's just all it's about still how an idea. We'll keep we'll keep breaking the ice and see where we go. So I'm gonna bring you back here for just a minute, just really quick. I'm back. Bring I'm back. Um, so as we close out, if you were consulting some any small, large, tiny business, and you were saying you need to be focused on experience, you need to be an experience-driven business. Give me what are the top things? Top three, top five? I don't care what the number is. What, what does that mean? So number one is designing around your customer, that human-centered design, design thinking. And it seems like, you know, that's just common sense, but it's not. So many companies go into a lab and sort of create something that they think is this very cool thing, and they forget how people actually interact or why it was an attractive experience in the first place. If you think about technologies that are around or businesses that are around that are no longer there, um, it's probably because someone was thinking about, oh, let's transform that. Um, I mean, Facebook, the basic premise of Facebook is not that very different than when it first started. They've just mm-hmm. been able to figure out how to take that thing that we're all attracted to and sort of grow the value of it and monetize it. So one, I would say don't forget about your customer as you're going down this cycle of innovation. You know, the, the, the cool points don't matter if you can't in, in, innovate and monetize at the end of the day. Um, and I think you always have to have a safe space for that. Number two, I think, is just... Um, you know, and it, it's become somewhat of a cliche, but really understanding how failure helps you grow and making sure that you've built a culture that supports that. Um, you know, it's always interesting to me in the philanthropy space, like think about all the different products uh, being introduced here at CES and how many failures they had to go to to get that product offline. And for something like philanthropy, where we're changing the world, right? Leveraging tech for good, transformative in ways that we never thought of before. And, you know, a grantee misses the mark and you're already moving on to the next thing. Um, You know, I just think we have to build a different type of environment if you really want that experience to be key. So focusing on who you're trying to serve and never forgetting that piece. um, And also making sure that you are incentivizing the right type of failure learning environment. Perfect. Been a pleasure. Again, we're here with Delilah Wilton-Scott, who's the president of Comcast NBC Universal's foundation. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully we get to talk again soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys.